There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome back, everybody, to Benched with Bubba, episode 10, uh, brought to you by thesportsdegens.com. Check out all the good uh, articles, podcasts by the members of thesportsdegens. Follow them on Twitter, at thesportsdegens. Um, on today's episode, episode 10, we are joined by a, a uh, one of the really good guys of Twitter. You've heard him on a previous March Madness podcast. We are joined by the one and only at Gold Rush Profits. How are you doing today, Goldie? I am doing great, Bubba. How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, big weekend coming up. We had the holidays. Hope you had a good holiday with your family and friends. And uh, good football and basketball yesterday. But uh, today kicks off a three-day span of rivalry weekend in football. Awesome college basketball, NFL. It's going to be mayhem. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I'm pretty sure you are as well. I'm excited. Um, can't wait for about oh an hour and a half or so. Watch watch Iowa and Nebraska. So getting excited for that. Very disappointed <laughs> yesterday with how how the, my Vikings finished. Just a brutal yeah. way to lose that game. But uh, I think they're done anyway. So let's move on. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, we can get into that if you want. Uh, those Vikings. Uh, they started out like guns blazing, and man, I don't know. That was the way that that season's come collapsing down with something special, but um, yeah. yeah, we won't, we won't drag through that. We'll, we'll, we'll look at the positive, <laughs> we'll look at the positives on, uh, on this podcast today. Cause yeah, I'm with you there. I did not see that total collapse coming, especially in that division. Um, no, I didn't either. I, you know, I'm a huge fan of, of coach Zimmer. I've loved what he's done. Uh, it's hard to put your finger on it, but anytime you lose, as many offensive linemen and offensive mm-hmm. starters in general. I mean, it, you're going to struggle a little bit, although they've, they've found ways to lose when they've, with, when they've had games won. And that's what's concerning. Um, you know, of course, Bradford has all the talent in the world and doesn't have a lot around him right now, but he just he finds a way to lose big games, it seems like. And I, at some point, got to question his leadership skills, I think, as a quarterback. I just don't think he has that it factor to lead a team. Although he has all the tools to do it, it is, he has a hard time winning those big games, it seems like to me. Okay, so now that we're talking about it, I have a question. <laughs> um, yesterday, and you've seen it all over Twitter and everywhere you look, he, was, he averaged 3.5 yards a pass. <clears throat> Is this you? You watch the Vikings more than anybody I know. 
is this the play calling or is this just his lack of confidence in throwing the ball down the field? I think more so than anything, it, it's his lack of confidence to throw downfield. I mean, every offensive yeah. coordinator in the world, I don't care if it's high school, college, pro, whatever. I've had some experience calling plays myself and every route combination you have has, you know, ways to get the ball downfield. He's just simply checking down more times than not. And sometimes that's okay. Taking what the defense gives you, you got a good defense. It's okay to punt, mm-hmm. but at some point in time with the rules, the way they are with the referee and, you know, loving to get involved on third down, you got to throw it downfield. You just got to give it a chance. I mean, Worst case scenario, you're going to have a pass interference call which or a defensive holding. But if you never if you never challenge going deep, I mean, teams are just going to, I mean, take away that underneath stuff, and you're starting to see that. Can't run the ball, you know, and they're taking everything underneath away. So sooner or later, you got to try to stretch the defense. Give it a chance. I mean, you know these refs love to call defensive holding. They love to call pass interference on third and ten. Throw it up, give it a chance, see what happens. No, what definitely. you're doing now is just not working. Yeah, and on the bright side, bright side, you've lost Bridgewater, you lost AP, and somehow you're only like a game out of first place in the division. So with that defense, you never know, man. There's still there's yeah. still hope in Minnesota. You can't, you can't completely let it go away. Still hope. There, Yeah, there's hope. I'm certainly not going to give up on the season yet. The Lions have been – great you know as far as finding ways to win in the fourth quarter being behind virtually every game they've played in give them mm-hmm. credit there but they've also been very very fortunate uh to be where they're at so you would think at some point maybe that will catch up to them and they'll start losing a few of those close ones in the fourth quarter and you know it won't get any easier for the vikings though that that's the problem i got cowboys i yep. believe next week um but maybe that's just what they need, something to get them going. Uh, Zimmer would love to beat his, his former team back in the day when he was, when he was on that staff. But uh, so it'll be interesting. Hope, hopefully they can turn it around. Yeah. Zimmer's a great coach. So uh, good things will be coming there in Minnesota. No doubt about that. Yep. Sooner or later they will. Let's talk about something else, though. We're going to keep it on the gridiron. We're going to college football. Goldie is a big Iowa fan, as you mentioned. Nebraska Iowa kick here in about an hour or so hour and a half and um, I was told in order to do this podcast we had to be done before the Iowa Nebraska game <laughs> and I respect these things I and I, I totally understand this and um, one of the things I want to talk about we've been trying to schedule this podcast for a while is one of the biggest wins that I can remember for Iowa in a long long time happened when the college football playoffs started to get turned on their head a couple weeks ago when the third big team went down, when Michigan lost to Iowa. Tell me how, well, I know how excited you had to be, but um, how big is that one of the biggest ones you've ever seen? Or like, what, what was your feeling? Cause you went from a almost perfect season last year to a, I would accept somewhat disappointing season this year. To pull a game out like that, that's got to be freaking awesome. That was fantastic and, and certainly something I didn't anticipate, to be honest with you. They were, I think, 21-point underdogs. And if you think about how Michigan was rolling coming into the game, I mean, that's what people forget. And I, I know you can say, well, look who they played. 
But at the same point, Iowa was pretty much done at the time. They're just coming off a huge loss uh, to Penn State, I believe. Being 21-point dogs and, and, and playing that well, it, I wasn't expecting it, to be honest with you. And, that, yeah, that's one of the biggest upsets I've seen for sure in I, Iowa City. They've had some big ones, especially at night in Iowa City. But uh, that one caught me completely off guard. In fact, it was even off our radar as far as really worrying about watching it. Um, we were, you know, getting involved with the UFC fight that night, you know, pretty heavily. And we were a lot more excited about that. We just kind of happened to kind of keep watching the Iowa game, thinking sooner or later it's going to, you know, Michigan's going to put the hurt on them. But uh, the longer the game went on, the, you know, Iowa hung with them and, and just could not believe how well they played and executed especially on defense. I mean, to hold that team under 200 yards when they were just coming in, you know, averaging over 500, uh, I was surprised. I was shocked, surprised, very, very happy. Um, and that's, you know, college sports, that's what it's all about. I mean, you got yeah. teenage kids playing. Anything can happen. And that's what makes it great. And that's what I was, I was explaining to uh, my buddies. Like you said, the UFC fights, I had three or four guys come to my house or watching the prelims, and uh, they were sitting there going, "They're all Jesus." Michigan's only a twenty-one point favorite at Iowa. Iowa's you know dog shit. And like, well, yeah, they're having a rough year, but you guys don't understand. It's a night game in Iowa City, and this this stadium, they're like on top of you. This it's it's a it's a totally different animal in this place, and that's what makes like college sports between the kids, the the atmospheres, the fans. Each stadium, the way they're different, uh, it's a whole different animal. And um, I was very surprised that they won. I wasn't surprised. I, w- I wouldn't have been surprised if it was close, like a couple touchdowns, 10 points, whatever. But uh, when they won, I was like, wow. Because uh, I, as a Big Ten man myself, I've seen some stuff in Iowa that makes you go, what just happened there? But um, – <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're a sneaky, sneaky team. But uh, let, let, let's let's dwindle into that. I kind of mentioned they're not having the best of season this year. After nearly going perfect this year or, or last year, with that Michigan win, maybe squeaking out another win to finish out the season, is this still a good year in Iowa standards or are you guys still kind of disappointed in things? I honestly think that all hinges on today. I mean, if they can get Nebraska, you know, win their last three against two of, you know, Michigan and, and Nebraska in there, uh, including another road victory, although it was Illinois, uh, to finish with three wins in a row and, and to be eight and four, um, I wouldn't be thrilled, but at the same time, you know, I'm more of a realist type of fan. You know, it's somewhat disappointing, yes, because a lot of people back from last year, Schedule-wise, they still had a chance, I thought, to run the table uh, until Michigan is what I was thinking. So I'm thinking, you know, one or two losses max is what I was hoping for. But at the same time, you know, it's Iowa. You know, they're going to always hover around seven wins. And if they get a few breaks in a year like last year, you know, they can be very relevant. But uh, typically it's going to be a year like this. They're going to be – they're going to have a chance to finish in the top half, you know, get eight or nine wins, maybe 10, including the bowl game. But, you know, it's Iowa City. You're trying to recruit against some of the, the best teams in the nation. 
uh, in the Big Ten there. So it, it they're not going to get the top top recruits. And and uh, so for me, if they can get Nebraska today, I would be, you know, I'd be happy with the season. Um, it seems like Iowa does really well when they're not expected to, and then anytime they're expected to, this is kind of when the disappoint, you know, the season's a little disappointing. So just, you know, it's Iowa style play. They're going to play a lot of close games. And if, you know, like I said, if, if it's a year they're, they're winning those close games, they're going to have a chance to be real good. But at the same time, their margin of error is so small that, you know, they can't handle the mistakes. Um, and they absolutely have to have good special teams. The years they've had great special teams have been very good. So this year's kind of been marginal at best. Um with the special team. So hopefully I can get Nebraska and, and all will be well with me anyway. Yeah, that'd be a big win. Nebraska is not a pushover by any means at all. And uh, it would definitely be a big, big win to uh, round out the season. Uh, Kirk Ferentz, many know uh, he's, he could basically be the mayor of Iowa City. He can maybe even run for governor of Iowa if he felt like it at times. Um, he seems to kind of have, you know, carte blanche for whatever he wants to do at Iowa. It seems like, um, is he ever leaving there? Like, okay. Will he ever, I I don't think he'll ever get fired. Will he ever get fired from Iowa? I don't think he's ever going to get fired. I I really don't think he'll get fired. I don't think he'll leave, um, for a while yet, uh, to be honest with you. Um, and it's just, you know, it's one of those things, you know, with a coach (laughs) Mm -hmm. anymore, can you stay at a place more than eight to 10 years? And if you do sooner or later, you're going to wear out your welcome. Um, yep. So yeah, there's many spectrums to this topic. As far as the Iowa fan base, you're going to have some people that just absolutely hate him, mm-hmm. want him to leave need new blood. Um, but there's some of us that think he's done a real good job and, and he's steady. And to me, and I always tell, tell my friends this too, that, you know, they're one bad hire away from being very irrelevant in the college football world. Like so many others in the Midwest are right now that are right around them. Mm -hmm. I mean, so you got to be careful what you wish for sometimes. Is it, is it frustrating to me? Yeah. Is it frustrating watching their, how they play sometimes? Yeah. Um, But at the same time you come in hire some young gun coming, you know, from a smaller school or whatever, again, you're, Again, your margin of error is not very big. So uh, a terrible recruiting class or two, things can spiral out of control in a hurry. You just got to look around some of the teams in the Big Ten and see how bad some of their programs have been for so long. So to me, you know, I can't say I'm a huge Kirk fan, but at the same time, I'm not a hater either. So uh, it is what it is. He's done a good job. He's brought that program up, solidified it. It's it's on pretty good standing ground right now. It's just, you know, like all fans, we'd like to get over that hump. Yeah. I'm not so sure you can in Iowa, to be honest with you. Maybe you know, maybe you have a special year here and there, but it's just going to be nearly impossible. See, you just you just answered that the most level headed and diplomatic way I've ever heard anybody answer that, and <laughs> and I, and I'm not even I'm not even like talking trash like I'm giving you kudos for that because this is a topic that a lot of people just don't even want to talk about or a lot of people just want the cliff notes on 
I personally could sit and talk about Kirk Ferentz for hours because it's just intriguing to me. Just because, like, you hit on all the topics, but you could you could dig into that so much deeper, right? And it's just it's, but you what you said is so true because a it is very hard to find someone that fits into some of these towns, which he does, and uh, he he fits into the communities. Uh, you could go f- find that spl- that flashy guy, but like you said, how often does that work? And people that don't know the Midwest, it's very hard to find that kind of person that fits into these towns. Very hard. Um, and like you said, a, a place like Iowa City and a school like Iowa, no offense to anybody, but they're a wrestling school. They are developing into a pretty good basketball school. Um, they're not really a football school. It's just not what they are. Um, so every once in a while when they put it together, take it and enjoy it. But, uh, yeah, no, you said that very well and I won't bore whoever listens to the podcast with (laughs) more on that. But like I said, I could sit and talk about it and I've done it with my big 10 buddies forever. It's a very interesting thing to to, to look at because you look at like say the big 12 or these other conferences that rotate coaches so often. Hell, look at Notre Dame. What do you get? Three years. How's that? How's that working out? Exactly. (laughs) I mean, if you, can't uh, win at, if you can't win at places like Texas and Notre Dame, you know. Yeah, we'll, you're not going to win at Iowa. Right. So we'll take our eight or nine wins, and, and we should be happy with it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, go, to your cap, go to your Capital One Bowl every couple of years and enjoy Orlando and, and, and take it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So we'll, we'll, we'll grow on college football here a little bit, and we'll go to the Big Ten Conference, which – for once, we are not the laughing stock. People aren't saying it's like watching two fat people have sex. It is actually fun. It is great. We have four teams in the top seven right now. Somehow Penn State is relevant, which I never saw coming this year. No. Um, Wisconsin, I knew would be good. I didn't think they'd be this good. Um, and then we knew Michigan and Ohio State. We saw that coming a mile away. We all expected this weekend to matter. Um What's your kind of takeaways on the Big Ten Conference this year, and what are you kind of seeing unfold? What do you see unfolding after this weekend? Man, that's a great question. I, I think Ohio State's going to be Michigan. I think it's going to be a, a one-possession game. Uh, I think it's going to be a very close game. I just I think Ohio State is going to find a way to win that football game. I think their offense is, even though it's struggled mightily at times, I feel better about what they do offensively than what I've what I think Michigan can do at, at this current time. And for that reason, I just think they're going to find a way to win that game. It's going to be a fun game. It'll be a close game, but I got Ohio state winning in a one possession type of game. So I think, you know, I think they're going to advance, but the question is then how's this other stuff going to pan out? And you're going to know more about that than I do, because being a Wisconsin fan, you know, every scenario there is. Yeah. Um, that needs to happen. So, um, as far as this weekend and that first big game, I think, I think, um, you know, Ohio state's going to find a way to win that game in advance. Now, exactly. I know, you know, this exactly what has to happen for Wisconsin to have a chance here, who has to win, who has to lose for Wisconsin. Yeah, well, Wisconsin has to win first, and right. then and then they'd get their trip to the title game, and then I believe it's if Ohio State wins, 
Doesn't Penn State go to the title game? I think they do. And if that's yeah. the case, I mean, then I would could, like Wisconsin to, to, get, <laughs> to yeah. sneak a bid, you know? That's what I'm saying. Because if, if Ohio State wins, which I agree with your with your breakdown of the Ohio State game, I expect it to be close. But I, I, I'm just not sold on that Michigan defense because – especially with their quarterback situation. Right. It's so one-dimensional. And Urban Meyer, both these coaches are phenomenal. And you're telling me that they haven't been game planning for this game for the last, like, <laughs> six months? Like, give me a break. Yeah. Um, they know the every angle of this game. Um, so, I like Ohio State. Um, so, a Penn State-Wisconsin game. Without bias involved, I like Wisconsin in that game. Yep. But if Michigan wins and it's Michigan-Wisconsin, that gets really interesting. That'll be one where all the critics go, this is a horribly boring football game because it should be a very boring football game. Right. Um, and I honestly could see that game going any direction. That's, that, that game is literally the game where it's Captain Obvious. Whoever turns the ball over to least, I think, wins that game. Yeah, absolutely. It's- that that's literally how that game's going to go because they're both going to pound the rock and play field position. And that's how that's going to go. Absolutely. So, um, if Wisconsin can, yeah, that's, what's going to be weird. So if, if Ohio state beats Michigan, I think Ohio state steals a bid. And then the winner of the Penn state Wisconsin game steals a bid. Yes, they do. Exactly. That's- now, if Michigan wins, then the big only gets one bid in my opinion. Yep. I, I would agree with that assessment as well. The uh, I would enjoy the Wisconsin-Michigan game in a title game because, I mean, it reminds me of so much last year's Iowa-Michigan State game. That mm-hmm. was, I mean, for two That was football, a great football game. I mean, it was a great football game. It, it was fantastic and came down to virtually the last play of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but just some great hits, great defense. Um and it wasn't because it was bad offense, to be honest with you. It was just a well-played football game. And I think that's what we'd see, I mean, with with Michigan and Wisconsin. On paper, it might look, like you said, a slugfest, boring. But for some of us, you know, yeah. I kind of like seeing a good defensive game and you know, the spread out stuff that you see in the Big 12 week in and week out, you know, just, you know, it's when they're scoring 60-some points, it's – to me, that's not true football, and it just – to me, that's yeah. not exciting at all, watching people score every, every time they get the ball. Um, so I look forward to those games like Wisconsin-Michigan type of games, you know. And I, I think the way I have it playing out then, you know, the Big Ten would steal two bids. Um, so that's kind of how I have it. And obviously, Bama's the team to, to, beat. to beat. But uh, – I think the Big Ten gets two, and I know that's going to be a topic of many national pundits. They'll be, you know, criticizing the Big Ten for for a few weeks, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, because they, they've always, it seemed in years past, had a hard-on against the Big Ten, minus the fact they let Ohio State in. But that was many factors besides, A, they have to have one team in. It's just how right. it and B, Ohio State travels. People forget the big picture here. They need to make money. Like yep. this is how this works, people. And what they don't what they miss too is Wisconsin travels very well. Yes. And so does Michigan. Penn State, I'm not so sure upon, but Wisconsin and Michigan travel very well also. So 
Um, it's going to be intriguing. Are, yeah. Now, I agree. I would love a Michigan-Wisconsin game because, like that Michigan State-Iowa game, it was some of the best hard-nosed, hard-hitting, tactical, precision football you've ever – you don't see it very often anymore, not even in the NFL. It was just banging it out. Um, it was great. And I want to see it as a Wisconsin fan because I'm not saying they obviously were outplayed and lost to Michigan, but I want to see it now because, A, their quarterback has had more experience. I think that was his first first or second start. Right. Which is crazy right. in the big house. Right. Um, and then they were also missing two of their top defensive players. Um, and they're back now. So I'd love to see a full Wisconsin squad try that one again. Now, given Michigan will have the excuse with their situation, but um, as a Wisconsin fan, I'd love to see it. But like you said, I see it playing out with Ohio State taking the cake. But uh, you kind of hit on it. So your college playoffs, you got Bama, which I agree, they're the cream of the crop. Who's your fourth team if you got – say Wisconsin and Ohio state taking two bids. Well, in that scenario, you know, I still think, you know, Clemson finds a way to get in, you know, I really do, even though they've struggled. Um, but with it, you know, we'll, I guess we're gonna have to see what happens here in the last, in the last week or two, but you got teams like Washington that are right there as well, you know, but again, it all hinges kind of on the big 10, you know, what happens in the big 10 is going to determine do we get that fifth team that's kind of on the outside looking in right now? I mean, um, it's going to be interesting. I think Washington's a great football team. They got smoked, obviously, by USC at home. Um, but, man, they they are a great football team offensively and defensively. I think they're a team to be reckoned with, too. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I would kind of like to see, you know, it'd be interesting to see a pack. 12 team get a chance, you know, in, in the playoffs. And I, to me, I think they're a better team than, than a Clemson, but you know, again, it, it this all is going to hinge back to see what, to see what happens with the big 10. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, and that's what makes this weekend. So, so great is there's so many factors besides just the normal rivalries involved. And, um, and uh, like the apple cup, Washington, Washington state, Washington state's no pushover. And, yeah. and I, I would not be shocked if they beat Washington. Now, I got Clemson as my other team getting in. I just think – and they sh- I think they're a very, very well-balanced team that can uh, – they can hang with almost anybody, and they proved it last year in the playoffs. And they returned a lot of those players. And I feel given the chance again they could do that. But at the same time, I do agree I'd love to see a Pac-12 team get in there any way it shakes out. This is going to be great for the fans because it's going to give another long, hard look and conversation to a potential 18 playoff, which it will get to eventually. And it will stop at eight. It can't go more than eight, no. but, it, but I think it needs to go to eight and there's no reason not to go to eight. And um, I think this, this year more than any year in the past, there's actual justification behind the argument like deep, deep art. It's not just like one team's looking in. There's 
two or three teams you can look at because, like, a Michigan or an Ohio State or a Wisconsin might not make it in or, like, a Washington. Like, there's two or three teams now that you're starting to edge out. So, absolutely. Really, really it really starts to get more than just that one team. I would All right. Agree, yep, I would agree with that. Eight, I think eight's the right number, and eventually I think we'll see it. Yeah, and the biggest factor is it comes back to the money we talked about for traveling because – it is a lot to ask of like these parents and everything of having to go watch their kids. They can't keep, you know, taking time off right. from work and seeing it. And that part I totally get. And that part is tough, very tough, but you know, these people are smart. If you're a top seed, you get a home game or something. They don't all have to be at bull venue. Sure. Like there's ways to make this work. They'll make it happen. If the money's there, they'll make it work. That's all there is to it. But Let's move on. College basketball is rocking and rolling. And those who have followed Goldie on Twitter or gotten to know Goldie, big, big college basketball guy, very knowledgeable, very passionate about it. Um, also an Iowa fan there, of course, but he's, he knows the, he knows the nation as a whole. What are some uh, early season takeaways that you're kind of seeing? I know it's very, very early, but uh, what are you seeing so far? Like you said, it's very early, but uh, some of those games that first week were pretty exciting. They had some great matchups, um, you know, and you really can't get a true feel for, for things just yet. Um, we saw some Big Ten teams having some big wins right away. Uh, that kind of surprised me. Or, you know, they hung tough with some great teams, and then they turn around and, and have some disappointing losses. So it's it's still too early. I think there's still a handful of teams that – that are going to separate eventually, but it's, this thing is wide open again. I mean, we say that every year, it seems like um, minus some of the Kentucky and then Duke years, but I think this year looking at it from a college basketball standpoint from A to, to Z, I mean, this thing could go anywhere. I mean, I'm trying to figure out who my favorite would be to pick to win the whole thing. And it is truly a, a tough task to, to ask at this point in time, but um it is wide open. That's what's going to make it exciting again. Um, you know, not too many people had Nova winning it last year when the season started. So it's going to be the same type of year. That, you know, will a Kentucky freshman, will, will they step up and be the force that they probably will be? They're going, to, they're going to be in contention, especially after a disappointing early exit last year. You know, you got Kansas who will have a great regular season. We'll, we'll March turn around for them this year, you know. You got Nova. Can they repeat? They got a lot of key pieces back. Um, then you look at the, you know, you look at some of the teams in the Big Ten. There's several of them, I think, that if you look at them on paper right now, you, you may not pick them as a top two or three team. But I think there's a few teams in there that by the end of the year, they're going to be right there, uh, you know, looking for another Final Four bid, which which the Big Ten's been pretty consistent with. They just they need to find a way to, to ultimately win you know, win a championship. It's been a while. <laughs> Definitely been a while. No, it's, it, it's, it's fun. And I, I mentioned it on my last, my last pod. Uh, I had Riggs on and he, he previewed a lot of the college basketball. And this first week's been awesome with the matchups they put out there. So many top teams playing each other in these preseason tournaments and all these other, um, these other deals. And, it's been awesome to watch, and like you said, so wide open. I saw somewhere, I think it was yesterday or the day before, Vegas is even confused because I think they have Duke and Kentucky both at 5-1, to one, so they can't even pick a favorite. <laughs> like, they don't even know who to put as a favorite. And 
it's it's so wide open, which has made college basketball better and better every year. Um, I love it. I I know I, I kind of talked trashed on the NBA in my last pod. It's like not that I don't not like the NBA. It's just so much harder to watch the NBA when I can watch college basketball. <laughs> it's 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 just so tough. But yeah. uh, uh, so with that being said, you said it's tough to pick just one team. I'm going to make you. If you have to pick just one team, who do you have winning it all? I'm going to pick Kentucky. If you're, you're going, going to make Kentucky. me pick one, I'm going to pick Kentucky. Hate to pick. You know, going in the tournament last year, I did. I mean, it was going in the tournament. I didn't say at the beginning of the year, but I did have Nova winning it uh, last year. But uh, Kentucky, that's if you force me to, to pick a team, that's who I'm going to go with. I think uh, a lot of things going in their, uh, their way this year. I think with the early exit last year, wasn't totally surprising. Got to be a very good team, but you know he he's always going to make it through the first weekend. I mean, very rarely is he not going to make it to the final sixteen. And if you can do that consistently, you're always going to have a chance. And I think their front court let them down last year. They just didn't have the pieces inside that they normally have, uh, offensively and defensively. And this year they get they got some freshmen coming coming in, and I think they'll come in and produce. Uh, so far they have, and it's hard to count Calipari out, you yep. know, it's, it's hard to do it. So if I had to choose one, I would say Kentucky, obviously when Duke gets all their guys back and healthy and things of that nature, they're going to obviously be right there. Um, I know Nova lost a couple key pieces, but man, they, they still, they still got a lot back too. And, uh, I look for them to make some some noise as well. So, if, if you make me pick, I'd say Kentucky overall. Yeah, no, you can't go wrong with that, obviously. But uh, yeah, watching these first weeks, like I said, it's wide open. Like, one day Baylor's getting smoked, or and then they're smoking someone else, and it's just all over the board right now. But um, we'll go back to our Big Ten roots here for a minute. Uh, Wisconsin's the pretty heavy favorite, actually, to win the Big Ten. Um, returning all their players, they've looked really good. They did get spanked in the Maui Finals against North Carolina, but that's a very good North Carolina team. And um, two kind of different styles of play, even though Carolina kind of slowed down and played with them. They just played really well. And um, it's going to be one of those years. Uh, do you see anybody else kind of challenging Wisconsin uh, in the Big Ten Conference this year to take them down? Well, I got Wisconsin winning it too. I mean, I just they're uh, like you said, all those guys back, um, the style of play that they play. I mean, you you have to beat Wisconsin. I mean, they're not going to beat themselves, and that's what I've always liked about them. Um, it's frustrating playing them, you know, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, they're just not going to beat themselves. So I got them winning it. I got I do have Purdue. I mean, I think Purdue can challenge um, can challenge them. I got them, you know, second. Then I have Michigan State, even though, you know, they haven't looked great. <laughs> but when conference plays, you know, conference play rolls around and stuff, it's hard to count out Izzo. So I got Wisconsin, Purdue, Michigan State, Indiana right there with them. Those, those kind of, to me – those are going to be the four teams that kind of separate themselves, in my opinion. After that, there's a little bit of a drop-off. Um, Michigan's always going to be there. They've had a, a big win, but you can see if you take certain things away from them, uh, they're kind of a one-trick pony, so to speak. 
and that's what Frank Martin did with South Carolina. They just kind of beat him up, didn't didn't allow him to get any points of transition, didn't let him shoot a lot of threes. So, um, but they'll be there and they'll make the tournament. I mean, those five teams for sure have been in the tournament. And then the sixth team, I think Maryland. I'd pick Maryland to be the sixth team, and I think those six is kind of what I have as my preseason six that will make the tournament. Um, but at the same time, the, the bottom half of the conference is going to be so much better this year. I mean, from top, if, from top to bottom, this conference, the Big Ten in basketball this year, is going to be pretty special. I mean, there is – you know, you could usually count on a, a few wins here and there, but – Honestly, this year, if you look up and down the, the Big Ten, there's no gimmies. I mean, they're all playing. You, you, we've seen Minnesota have big wins already. We've seen Nebraska have a big win already. You know, Rutgers is obviously much improved and, and playing well. Um, Northwestern's going to be in there. You know, they, they keep getting better. Obviously, Iowa is going to drop off a little bit. Well, not a little bit, quite a bit. Um Ohio State's going to drop off a little bit. Uh, Illinois is a team that's going to be interesting to see how they do. They should be, they should be fighting for the top half of the conference, I would think as well. Uh, but they still got to prove some things to me, and they're, you know, I'm still not sold on that program just yet and their coach. But I got those six making it, Bubba. And after that, I think the the best of the rest after that, you know, maybe they'll get seven bids. But I really truly like the conference from top to bottom better this year than I did a year ago. That's good to hear because um, it depends on where you look and read and whatever. It, it seems like it's whiskey and then <laughs> you get you get a couple like, you know, Indiana, Michigan State, a couple, couple other choices, but they're only calling for four or five teams. So it's good to hear it's, it's pretty – it's at least challenging deep, which is good to hear. And uh, like you said, Nebraska, that shocked me last night, that game against Dayton. I didn't – I didn't see it in them. I don't follow it like you guys do, and I usually kind of watch it and learn as I go through the season. I don't do any preseason prep work, so I was kind of going off the of last season and a little reading here and there. I was very impressed with what I saw from Nebraska last night, uh, not what I was used to from seeing from them. Um, it was good to see. Um, and like you said, with Michigan State, they have had such a ridiculous schedule this year. Even Izzo came, Izzo came out in an interview – Today, I believe it was, saying he flat out told his kids after their game yesterday where they got spanked, he apologized for building such a <laughs> tough schedule to them. Like he said, sorry, don't worry about the numbers. We'll be fine because they always are. Izzo's teams, they make it to March, and then they you never know with Izzo. Like you just let them go. Uh, they'll be just fine. All right. Now I can't have you on a podcast and not let you have your moment to shine. It's been over a hundred years. The, oh, Cubs, the Cubs won a World Series. God, I almost forgot. <laughs> almost <laughs> forgot. You probably wake up and like kiss a freaking baseball every morning or something. Um, the Cubs won the World Series. I'll let you, you know, say whatever you want to say. Like. What what were you, what were you doing? What were the what were your emotions when they actually won it? Because you see all these footages and videos out there. I remember where I was when the Giants won in 2010, but that was only so many years of a drought. Your guys's was a whole nother world. <laughs> what what were you, what were your emotions? 
Well, just that whole game seven is just a, you know, we went, we were with our family the other night for Thanksgiving. We're all obviously generational Cub fans and just watching, went back and of course watched it together, which was fun. But uh, just the roller coaster of emotions during that game seven, where you, where you felt great about the start, you start kind of feeling comfortable, even though there's a huge part of you that knows it's, you know, we are still the Cubs and anything's possible. <laughs> and, and then uh, Cleveland comes storming back the first time you, st- you started kind of getting a little bit nervous again. And the second time when the Cubs extended the lead, I, you know, I felt really pretty darn good at that point. When David Ross hit that home run, I'm thinking, yeah, this, you know, he's going yard in his last at bat ever as a Cub. You know, this is, this is meant to be, you know, type of thing. And then we get to that eighth inning, you know, and, and seeing that home run off Davis's bat was just, it honestly <laughs> puts you in a world of shock. I mean, <laughs> was this actually happening? Was this truly taking place at this point in time? And it, you're just in a whole nother world. You can't even, it, you can't explain it. You know, I, I, I can't imagine those players trying to come back after something like that. But as a fan and as a realist, you just, as we are is just at that point in time, I said to myself, they, cause I don't really truly believe in the, the curses and superstition and all that. But I said, yeah, I think the Cubs must be cursed. You know, it, it must be, <laughs> it must just not meant to be for whatever reason, it's not meant to be. And this one is going to be super hard to take. That's, that's just what, that's what I was feeling. We, you, you kind of go numb your whole body, mind, you know, goes numb and then uh then when they sent chapman back out there in the ninth i was like there's no way in heck he's gonna be able to get three outs here so i was i was prepared for the worst at that point in time i I still don't know how he got three outs i don't know how he came back from that physically he wasn't right for a lot of reasons mentally there's no way he's right um through basically all sliders you know the ninth inning and basically got lucky to get out of there, you know, with three up and three down. And and then, of course, the rain delay happened, which at the time, it was a terrible feeling at the time because you just wanted to, to be over one way or another after giving up the lead like that. The last thing you want to do as a fan is just sit there and wait. Like, is this, I was like, is this truly happening? We just gave up a huge lead. Now I got to sit through this, you know, even longer. This is like prolonged agony. This is like the the baseball gods do not want the Cub fans to <laughs> to have any enjoyment ever again is, is what we felt like. But in the back of my mind, I didn't, I wasn't very reasonable at the time, but in the back of my mind, we're all thinking, oh, maybe, maybe this will be the best thing. Maybe this will settle everybody down. And eventually it did. You know, Hayward didn't do much this year, but he absolutely must have had a great speech during the rain delay from the from the the reports. So, uh, you know, to come back in the tenth man and and to have Schwarber available and to to lead off that inning with a base hit, and then you know Zobras came up huge again. It was just, you know, when they got that final out, it's just it's hard to explain. I mean, you've been there, done that, um, but just more of a it was happy, but more of a relief, especially with how that that how that whole game went to me, it's just a relief. It finally, it finally happened. It finally occurred. Um, 
so just pure enjoyment, pure relief. Uh, it won't be a, another series quite like that one, I don't think, ever, and a game seven like that ever uh, for a lot of reasons, which we can get into if you want. But, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's just a roller coaster of emotions. I mean, you know how it is, too, when you're a true baseball fan, sit through yeah. Giants games. It's hard because you live and die on every pitch. You, yeah. You, because you know how important the count is when you're when you're pitching, when you're up up to the plate, you know exactly how important getting ahead or behind the hitter is. And so you're living and dying basically on every pitch, you know, for us true baseball fans. Now, if I was a, you know, just kind of a fair weather fan that didn't really understand baseball very well, I think it'd be a lot easier to watch. But mm-hmm. those games are tough to watch. And then when the Cubs are on the plan on the West Coast, the first two series, a lot of late nights. You know, oh, yeah. you must have had some rough sleeping in the evenings. Oh man, <laughs> it, was, it was brutal. That that month was tough. I can't imagine what it was like on the players, but for me as a fan, just watching, you know, staying up that late. And, but it was what a great month, and and uh, can finally be happy to say that the Cubs are world champions. Never thought I'd ever say it. Yeah, no, I'm 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 happy for you. I've got some other friends that are Cubs fans, and. Uh, it was uh, I'm, I I I loved hearing your story there, and that's why I had to ask it because just for the fact that you said you you as a family on Thanksgiving rewatched Game Seven, that just like people need to listen to that and just hear. That's what well one thing that makes sports so great is like moments like that. You can do things like that, but uh, like I said, for the Giants, it was you know for if you're old enough, it was 52 years. Um, I obviously am not 52 years old, but, um, but even for me, I was just like, wow, it actually happened. And I rewatched it a few times. Like I bought the DVD and I like, well, just to make sure it actually happened again. Um, like for you guys, I, I could only imagine going through that game because it looked like it was in the bag and then they start coming back. And then I, everything you said, I'm sitting on my couch sitting there going, man, if I'm a Cubs fan right now, like this is the <laughs> worst possible thing that could ever happen. And the same thing, like when Davis hits that homer off of Chapman, the guy that shouldn't get hit by anybody, especially a five foot four guy like that, you're sitting there going, what just happened? But um, yeah, you live and die with every pitch. Trust me, the Giants blew over 30 saves this year. I get it. Um, like the, the the game they lost to the Cubs where we should have forced a game five. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know how it is and to, for yeah. you to sit through, a, you know, and get two championships. It's so hard to win one. Yeah. When you We're really spoiled. go back and think about it, because you can go back to the giant series, like you said, very fortunate, um, you know, winning game one, one to nothing. And then yeah. like, you, you know, it should have went game five and Quato back on the hill. Yeah, You know, I, I wasn't thrilled about our chances at that point. And then you can look at the Dodgers series, you know, down two to one there and being shut out twice in a row, you know, Cubs got shut out four times, you know, during the postseason. But that's, so that's but that's it's, the, it's a crazy game. Yeah, that's the beauty of it, because I believe it was the 2010 World Series. They were down 0-2 in the divisional. They were down 0-3 in the LCS. It yeah. was just – it's just one yeah. of those – it's just – baseball is a crazy sport, man. I, I love it. It's my most passionate sport. But it's uh, – like you said, for the average fan, they, they don't understand it all. 
but uh, I can sit and just do it for hours on end, hours on end. Oh, absolutely. Uh, um, so with your cubbies, um, I, I'm a closeted cubbies fan, even before your guys's world series, sure. um, that team, I, 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 be, I became a closeted cubbies fan because I love, love the talented youngsters they have. And it's, uh, and it go and it's still just the depth. People don't even know the depth that's still down there. It's ridiculous. Um, what are you seeing for next season? Because Chapman's going to be gone. He's already flirting with the Yankees. Uh, Schwarber will be back, but Fowler might be gone. Do you think they just – I know it's just a long ways away and all kinds of stuff can happen. If you just want to skip this, we can. But um, do you think they kind of they, – they rebuild from the outside or just say screw it and keep it in-house? No, that's a good question. We've been, you know, we as a family, we've been talking about all these different scenarios, you know, as well already. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, Fowler and a closer is what they, you know, they need those two. They need a closer. They need Fowler. Mm-hmm. Um, are they going to be able to do both? I don't know. I doubt it. Are they going to be able to do one or or the other? I think so. I think they can do one, but not both. Um, and so in that case, I don't know if they just try to re-sign Fowler and Rondon was very, very good before he got hurt. He was the best in the, in the national league, but yes, can, you, can you rely on him for the whole season? Probably not to be honest, but so they have some tough decisions to make for sure. And they've, they have some big contracts out there obviously already. So it's going to be, but they are deep with, with youngsters. So my initial thought before the world series and actually before the playoffs I thought Fowler would be gone for sure. And I thought, and I was okay with that. I mean, a great player, great, great person, great to have in the clubhouse, but I thought he was replaceable with some of the young uh, stars they have coming up, to be honest. But um, I'm not so sure anymore. He was kind of, he was a huge difference during the season when he played versus when he didn't play. Uh, Cubs weren't the same team without him. So, um so I'm avoiding your question. I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but no, I, I understand. Like, there's it's a long ways to go, and um, the biggest the biggest thing is and the luxury you guys have besides all the young talent is you have Theo, who is if people still can't understand how great of a baseball mind that guy is, is unbelievable. But um, the one concern, and this is where I'm curious to see where they spend, is you do have all this young talent. But soon this young talent has to get paid. So that's where it gets interesting is when do you start spending money? Yeah, it will be interesting. They're locked in for a while. but um, uh, Well, with like Rizzo and those guys. But now you're talking how – is Bryant locked in? Yeah, he's locked in. I, okay. For I mean, I'm saying for a few years yet, yeah, but – in a few years, yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what all. That's happens. what I'm saying. Once yeah. their arbitration's up, then it gets yeah. interesting. It's going to be. That's why I could see him just letting Fowler go because I mean, yep. you, you can't pay everybody, and eventually you're going to have to pay some of these young guys again to stay to stay with them. Yep. So yes. I just, you know how it is too. If you're going to be, you know, you're going to be in contention. Yep. You can go out and get a center fielder or a leadoff type of guy trade deadline because I mean, yep. they have plenty of other guys and with their lineup, they're still going to be darn good without him. Yep. Um, so 
I'm leaning towards, you know, he's not going to be back. But I, I do think they're going to find a way to get a closer. I know the Giants are in the market for a closer as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all shapes out. Yeah. Personally, I'd say go closer. You saw how valuable he was this year for you guys. Yeah. And, I saw, and I saw how valuable he he was for you and how valuable not having one was. So right. I would – I'm I'm very biased at the moment because I'm still extremely bitter right. at that whole situation. That horrible. But let's move on to one of the very, very fun things I wanted to have you on for as well. Not the other things weren't fun, but there is a new sports app that's out. And Goldie is one of the ringleaders and really pushing this, this product. Um, he's well-versed in it more than many people are. It kicked off yesterday in the App Store, and it blew up. Um, it is called Fanfire. I will let Goldie have the floor, and he can tell you everything you need to know. He can give you promo codes. I will attach them to the article. Goldie, let the people know what they need to do, what the format is, all the good stuff to partake in the game. Sure, yeah. it's a, Basically, it's a live sports interactive app. It's the first of its kind. So basically, as you're watching a live, right now it's NFL, and they're 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 adding sports as we talk. I mean, they got all these soccer leagues, including the Premier League. Um, NBA sounds like it's next, but they're going to be including a lot more sports. But right now they're basically doing a beta testing. It's in beta testing mode um, just because of the pure numbers of people that are trying to play the darn thing. So um, – but, it, yeah, it's a live interactive app. So, as you're watching right now an NFL football game, you can get on the app. There's going to be, pre, like, there are going to be preloaded questions about the game. Like, who do you think is going to win? By how many points? There will be some point spread questions in there. There will be some, like, prop questions. You know, is Drew Brees going to throw for three touchdowns this game? Is he going to throw for over 300 yards? Is there going to, you know, is there a running back going to rush for over 75 yards? There's going to be a bunch of preloaded questions that you can answer and earn, and earn points as you go. But the kind of the fun thing with it is you can play the app as the game's going on. So most of these things that we do in fantasy football or these other things that we can do, it's all before the game, you know, it's, it's done. You get your lineup in and it's done. Uh, and you watch the game. This, as you're watching the game is going to be asking you questions. So I had a chance to play a little bit last night during that last game, but it's basically going to ask you during timeout situations uh, between drives, basically after a team punts or after a team kicks off, um, it's going to ask you questions about what's going to occur on this next drive. Like, you know, will this drive include a pass to a receiver for over 25 yards? Yes or no. Will, will this drive include a run of over five yards? Will this drive end in a field goal, touchdown, punt, um, so on and so forth? So it's going to ask you all these questions about the drive. Is a tight end going to catch a ball, you know, in this drive? So it's going to ask you a lot of fun questions before each drive starts, and basically you're earning points as you go. You can create your own leagues. So you can invite anybody that you know that's on the app. We can all link up and play against each other and with each other in a league. And there's going to be a live leaderboard. So, I mean, the results are updated as you're playing. So you can see who's doing, you know, just kind of a fun competition. Um, it's a free app. The download's free. 
and anything you do pregame, anything you do pregame is all free. So that's always going to be free. Um, it's going to cost tokens to play the in live play, but you're basically, as you pre-register with, with one of us, you're going to get a bunch of free tokens. Um, eventually there's going to be lots of just little ads you can watch if you want to earn tokens. If you do well with the game, you can earn tokens as you're playing. So the better you do with the questions, the more points you can earn. And there are going to be awards or rewards um, that you can earn as you play. So uh, there'll be no money exchange because it's, if you're earning money, you know, it'd be a gambling website, to be honest. And this is not that uh, you can earn trips, tickets to games, all kinds of different things you can earn by playing. But, but mostly it, it's a way to link up with friends, family, you know, there's so many of us that, that text each other during a game and, and, and have, you know, fun doing it that way. But this is really going to be a live interactive thing that, that you can do with all people from anywhere. And people are going to be surprised with when they see the MVP list of, of people that are, that are on there. It's pretty amazing. The people they have involved. So number one trending app, you know, already last night, it just came out yesterday. So it's, nothing's been seen like that ever before. So the game's going to continuously get better. There's so much traffic right now that obviously it's going to be slow for a while, but, uh, the game is tremendous and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to bring a whole nother um, excitement to a game as you're watching it. I mean, you're going to be involved in the game from start to finish. And that's why these, the NFL, so to speak, they're so excited about it because it's going to bring more fans to the table. It's going to keep them engaged during the whole game and uh, really looking forward to it. Just kind of getting, getting our feet wet with it right now, getting it all set up, but uh, it's truly going to be tremendous and, we got a lot of great people on board and I'm just, I'm looking forward to Sunday and, and, and hoping we can, you know, play it a little bit more on Sunday. Perfect. And um, just so the people know, it's starting out with the NFL, but the idea is to branch out to pretty much every sport at one point in time, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So <clears throat> as, as we speak now, they're, they're really close with the NBA already to add that they're close to those soccer leagues, NHL, uh, and it's a national, it's a global app. So there's going to be like cricket sports like that, that we don't know a whole lot about, but, uh, but there are popular sports out there. I think major league baseball is on the horizon. I think that'd be a nice way to incorporate more fans. I think for, I know this sounds silly for some people, but even for me, the PGA, I think that'd be, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Awesome. I mean, that'd I think that'd awesome. be awesome. Like you could follow a group and go, what's Phil Mickelson going to get on 15? Yeah, exactly. I think it, I think this app leads to something like that very easily. And I think something like UFC would be, would be fun too. So I know they're in talks with some college athletics as well. So hopefully they'll get that going. It's so new and it's, and it's so many people involved right now that there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. But that's to be expected, just like any any other app that's ever been introduced with this high level volume. It's um, it's just been tremendous, though, so far. And the, the like I said, the people that are involved in it uh, are great people. And it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So. Um, so, yeah, you can go to the app store, but bef- what we, what people got to make sure they do, Bubba, like with you or I, is to pre-register first. Just don't go to the app store. And, and download it because you're not 
you're not going to get any free tokens that way because you didn't register first. So we really need people to register with someone first. Um, one of us two possibly, and then go download the app. And that way you get your, your bonuses unlocked and your incentives. And that way you start with a handful of tokens where you can play a few games for, for nothing. Even the live play you can play right away for nothing. If, if you pre-register. Excellent. Excellent. And we'll get you all those links. Uh, I'll have Goldie, Give me his link. I'll attach all that stuff in the write-up to go along with your podcast. Um, it's going to be really fun, guys. Uh, like you said, most of the time you're sitting at a bar or someone's house or something watching the game and texting friends or talking with friends saying, you know, I bet this is going to happen. Well, now you can play the game and win a trip or win a car, tickets. Why not? It's it's fun. It's a whole new way to do things, and it's a phenomenal concept and um, really, really cool deal. Um. One last thing I wanted to ask you because it spurred my mind. I saw you're wearing your Ryder Cup hat, <laughs> and I was super jealous when you told me you were going to it this this year. Because um, a, it's an awesome event. B, it turned into an amazing event. Um, you were there live, like I said. What What was the highlight of the day you were there? What was the coolest What was the coolest part of being at the Ryder Cup? I think it's it's hard to put one one thing in words. Just for me, we went on Saturday. Just the atmosphere alone, the the environment, the atmosphere, the the people you were seeing up close and personal, walking right by you. I mean, it was just and and to have other countries involved, obviously, you know, is something special. So, I mean, you could. It's hard to explain. But it's kind of like when you walk into the you know to a Wisconsin football game or something like that. You know, it's just the the environment. Just it it blows you away. It really does. And that's, you'd be amazed. It's a, it's a golf event, you know, but yeah, it truly was amazing. And, and again, just the, just the atmosphere, I mean, was, was second to none. The next one that's going to be in the U S is going to be, you know, in Milwaukee. So. Yep. I've already got, I've already got plans in place. (laughs) I'm sure you do, but it's definitely well worth it. And that, the thing I'll tell you is make sure you have a plan of attack before you go as far as, I mean, you, you do have to have some strategy as a fan. Otherwise you're not going to be able to see a whole lot. So uh, we'll do our due diligence for sure. We had, we had to do our due diligence before this one and we were lucky enough to, to get in some, some great spots to see some great action, but uh, it, it was something we couldn't turn down to do. It might be a once in a lifetime thing, but I think we'll probably, try to head to the next one as well but the Ryder Cup's definitely worth it it's starting to become bigger and bigger every every time they have it as, as you guys could see and the way they the way that thing ended on Sunday and and some of the golf that was played on Sunday was just you never seen it before ever yep. you know and uh with Patrick Reed and stuff so mm-hmm. it, it it will blow you away it's definitely worth the trip um the atmosphere alone is worth it. And to see those guys up close and personal, you know, and, and seeing their excitement and seeing their competitiveness and seeing how this truly does mean a lot to those guys that are playing uh, really made the event worthwhile for sure. One of the best sporting events I've gone to. Yeah, no, I, I'm a big golf guy. You're a big golf guy. I know a lot of people aren't, but uh, <laughs> I, I was, I was so glued to my TV I had buddies barbecuing and watching football, and I literally told them, I will not come to your house 
unless you have a second TV set up with the Ryder Cup on. <laughs> and they set up a second TV and I came over. That was the only way I was coming because, like you said, that was some of the crazy – like the, the Reed McElroy match is one for the ages. Like if they put that on TV tomorrow, I'd probably watch that again. It was amazing. Um, but the putts people are making, I think Phil and Sergio, I think combined for like 25 birdies or something. And they pushed the match or some, right. just right. some asinine numbers. It's just crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just nuts. But, um, all right. Well, we talked long enough. You got a football game to watch. Um, Goldie, I really appreciate you being on. It's been a pleasure getting to know you through the years and, um, we will definitely have to do this again some other time. Good luck with your Hawkeyes today, and thanks for coming on, man. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Bubba. Okay, we will catch you again some other time. All right, bud. Yeah. Later. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.